Welcome back, people. It's episode nine of season three of the Taxi Squad podcast. It is currently March 1st. When you listen to this, it's going to be March 2. Vinny Boy, how you doing? I'm great. I'm so great. It's Combine Day. Lots of things happening. Some people are uh, getting arrested in the process. So (laughs) we're having a a fun time here. (laughs) We're having a fun time here. Bears are all over Jalen Carter. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> so, so are the local police department. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is the local L- so is the local Bama Georgia Police Department. But uh Yeah. What are we gonna do? At the end of the Not day. Not draft him. <laughs> Not draft him is right. You know, this always happens though. We'll get into it. We got a whole we got a whole lot to get into today. Speaking of which, we're back with a strange and unusual. His light oh, yeah. is not it's not the in in the usual sexual nature. And then we also got some <laughs> we don't NHL try to, talk. It just happens that way. It's just shit happens. And then yeah. we got some NHL talk, not really a hockey pod, but we got still gotta talk about it. And then we got NBA, little MLB, little NFL. Maybe maybe now we're becoming an XFL podcast. Huh? We shall see. Maybe a little extreme football league segment. Get out of Is that town. what it stands for? Yeah. Where the hell have you oh. been? I never even looked up what it stood for. I just knew it as the XFL. <laughs> All right. Fun fact. So when the XFL started, it was the league without rules in quotes. So, you know, right. you could just destroy people and your jerseys could be he hate me and all that good stuff. Real so. life NFL blitz. Yeah. In a way, that was kind of the idea behind it when it first kicked off, had a bigger football and the X that the WWE was involved. Yeah. Yeah. Vince McMahon owned it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. There's a whole 30 for 30 on it, Vince. Where the hell have you been? Yeah. No, I I heard about it. I never watched the full thing. The XFL is a funny little guy. It's a funny little guy. Yeah, and I was a young man. Complex? (laughs) Who? He's a, he's a funny Probably. little guy. You know, he's a, True. He's a, he's a funny he's little a, guy. Just he's don't a call silly lad, the XFL. Silly Small, lad. That's a silly little silly. lad. Well, <laughs> Vince, you you brought in the, the strange and unusual, at least one of them this yes. week. So get after it. Um. All right. This is a little bit of college basketball because that season's ramping up. Welcome to March. The madness will oh. begin soon. We got some Ooh. conference championships coming up as well. Very exciting. So we'll obviously get into all of that uh, probably come next week when it comes to uh, bracketology and all that. And will I take Texas again? Probably. Um, but this weekend, Fran McCaffrey is the star. Um, I believe this actually happened on the 25th of February. Um, Fran McCaffrey, the head coach of Iowa, they were playing in a game. And at the end, Iowa executed a comeback for the ages. Uh, they were down 10 with 43 seconds left, a couple shots. Um, and it came down to overtime. Iowa completed the comeback 112 to 106, but the stare. So this is what we're getting to Fran McCaffrey staring down a ref and the ref wasn't backing down and either was Fran McCaffrey. Um, so (laughs) that stare kind of brought them into that comeback, um, which is pretty awesome. So I feel like this is going to enter into Iowa Hawkeyes lair. Um, but really neither of them broke any, any eye contact. They're staring each other deeply into their soul. And 
somehow the ref ended up winning it. I think the team was concerned that Fran McCaffrey was going to get kicked out if he kept staring at him like that. But yeah, it was it was just genius stuff by Mr. McCaffrey there. Oh, I saw the vid. I mean, he wanted that business. He got all up in yeah. his kitchen. He really yep. did. He wasn't like time out. And then he walked over there, gave him a little stare down. He's drowning like, in technical fouls, Fran McCaffrey. You, you want some of this shit? <laughs> and then basically, I mean, you, it wasn't like he said that, but you could see it. It's like, you want some of this? And then basically they got closer, they got closer. And then uh, an assistant came in. and was like, dude, go sit the fuck down. What are you doing? Yeah, you're going to get like, kicked f- out of here. I mean, he's known yeah. to be kind of a hothead. He uh, brings the energy for that Iowa team. So I get it. Um, but you, I don't really know what the outcome is going to be for this. Yeah, like, what are you either. supposed to do? Because the ref wasn't doing anything either. They're both bad. Who wound up winning this game? That's the question. Who wound up winning? Iowa game? did. So okay. Iowa was down 10 when it happened. So Fran McCaffrey just kept getting technical. So he was pissed. So he walked up to the guy and he's like, yo, what are you doing? And then just stood there and stared at him with the drip too. the Nikes looking nice and fresh. Um, but they were down 10 at that moment. Iowa came back and won an overtime after the stare happened. So huh. maybe it works maybe against it works. Michigan maybe State. Down nonetheless. Maybe yeah. he made him so terrified, Vince. He was like, you know what? I'm not going to call another tactical on that guy. I don't know if he was scared. I think he was more like, what? This guy's a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, well, he could be a smidge of a loon. I mean, you, you got to have that dog in you when you're competing at this level. You know what I'm saying? I think Yeah, so. no, I mean, I it, it's confirmed at this point he is because it's not like the first. I mean, he's been coaching there since 2010, I believe. So this is the, the coach of UConn basketball, Geno something. UConn women's? Yeah. Gino Oriyama. Gino Oriyama is famous for flipping a shit on the sideline. Oh, yeah. And blowing up at, like, female referees, which is even funnier to me. <laughs> Gino, he's sit like, down. Damn it! It's like, you fucking <laughs> bitch! <laughs> it's just so funny. And then he has all these female Ew. assistants. There's all these female assistants just like, and hey, players. stop it. Stop it, Gino. It's <laughs> Gino, He's just hot at a grease ball. <laughs> that's that's how you win sometimes he's an angry he's an angry guy but hey you can't deny UConn's uh UConn's hey. winnings I mean what did they win like 10 times in a row or something like that my whole childhood was UConn women's there's nobody oh, else UConn women's basketball was insane and then there was that like that one off year that the UConn's men's basketball was also just as good with like Ben Gordon Kemba Kemba Walker all that there there was like, oh, a yeah. really time for that and then it kind of went away because they haven't yeah. really been back to much of that. But yeah, no, the, the next thing I guess that's pretty strange and unusual is that uh, the jazz and the chiz got kind of switched up on, <laughs> on jazz chism. Listen, chism, it's uh, chism, chism. It's spring, it's, it's spring training. Everybody's getting back into the swing and Pam thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the Derek and David Carr thing, maybe. Hey, take um, it easy. Hey, whoa, shots. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> um, no. So Keith Hernandez is also in spring training, apparently, because they're everybody's getting ready. The players are getting ready, the announcers are getting ready. Keith Hernandez with a little right. slip of the tongue, um, saying too many things at once about this Marlins team, uh, says that Chaz Jism was on the field when he, it was actually Jazz Chisholm. 
Um, so I, he said Jizzle with a lot of veracity, which makes me feel like he was saying it on purpose. But regardless of either of those, Keith Hernandez, legend of the game, uh, you might want to check yourself before you wreck yourself in the future. Better chickadee check yourself before you wreck yourself. I mean, listen, Jazz got the, um, or Jazz, whatever the hell it is. I'm calling him Jazz now. (laughs) Jazz forever. He got the, the cover for MLB, the show 2023. So. Which was a little aggressive, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I don't know if he's like the guy to do. He's it cool. He's, he's got the swag factor, but he's not. I wouldn't be like, mad if he was. He's on not the White Aaron Sox. Judge or Bryce Harper and shit. You know, he did hit an absolute bomb last year. He did. Yeah. Hit an no, I mean he's bomb. a good, he's a good player. There's no denying that. It just feels like that guy needs to be like perennial All Star. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess Fernando Tatis got it. So did Javi Baez. So yeah, he was having. Yeah, Javi. Oh, Javi almost won an MVP. So did Fernando. Like Jazz wasn't in the conversation for MVP last year. Yeah, no, that's true. Now, what we should have as a segment on the show is: Did they or did they not deserve the sports video game cover? That would be. I would one. like that. We'll have to. Yeah, a... let's write that one down. Write that Peyton down. Hillis. Write that down. Peyton, Peyton Hillis. Hillis. Yeah, I still have that game, by the way. It was a good Peyton game. Hillis. It was an odd choice. Odell Beckham. <laughs> Odell Beckham. OBJ. Remember like when the Madden curse was a thing? If you were on the cover oh, yeah. of Madden, it was like destined that you were going to get injured that year. Happened or time. go to jail for dog fighting. <laughs> or go to what? Or go to jail for dog fighting. One or the other. Oh, Something's going to happen. You're cursed. You're cursed either Something's way. Something's going to happen. You, yeah. But I mean, hey, you, you play around with fire. You're probably going to get burnt. Now, to stay what on was the was it? Larry topic. Fitzgerald and... and and Troy Palomalu, they shared it one year, and then they both got they injured shared. that year. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. And then that I think this same year Odell got it. He had all the knee issues start to pile up. I mean, it's like a thing. I think Tom Vince might Young, be the... Antonio Brown. Yeah, well, Antonio yeah, Brown got one of the covers. Antonio Brown got the cover, and then after he got the cover, he lost his fucking mind. Yeah, as we all know, the Vontez Vontez Perfect did not. Yeah, I was gonna say he did not like when he got the cover and he took care of business. <laughs> it was yeah, fucked up. And then that's a whole. We get to have a whole segment on that. Now, where's Antonio baseball, now? Yeah, go ahead. You don't want to know. <laughs> showing his showing his bedanger on Snapchat. Anyways, um, he's gross. Anyways, <laughs> stay on the baseball topic. Strange and unusual. Pirates and Orioles decided to play a backyard baseball game in the middle of a spring training event. Fucking love it. I love it. I love it. I I mean, I would do the same Uh, thing. Be like, hey, yeah, I guess we can't play because the umpires are a bunch of turds and they won't up the (laughs) rest of the bottom of the night because they're assholes. And uh, they're like, fuck it, we'll just do it ourselves. For those of you that are unaware, sometimes spring training games will go into the ninth inning, even though like the outcome is already decided that's what happened here the pirates and the orioles got to the end of the game the pirates are up but the pirates said the bottom of the half bottom half of the inning and they wanted to pitch a guy so the teams wanted to play and the ump said no we're going and the teams were like fuck you then (laughs) that's kind of how it ended up happening and they played the last inning and the honor code which is pretty cool that ump's kind of a chode like just stay an extra 20 minutes and finish the game out um but you know Neither here nor there. That's an awesome story. <laughs> I'm How confused. accurate do you think the calls were? 
I'm, I, I think maybe a little bit more accurate than what the umps probably would have called because a lot of these guys, especially if it was Angel Hernandez, because he's just the worst that has ever umped in baseball. Do you think it was like a union thing? Like, that's my question. Was it a union thing? Because they're like, okay, well, technically in spring training, if it's after the top of the ninth and you're winning, we can leave. I think like, you have to make it known during the game. You can't do it at the time or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. You're an umpire. You have a responsibility and get paid handsomely to umpire that fucking game. You get your ass out there and you ump the rest of that fucking game. I'm sorry. This is such nonsense. (laughs) I will. Because the MLB, you know, this had to be a union thing. You know, we're from Chicago. We should know. This had to be a union thing. Well, technically, you, you know, it, it, <laughs> technically, I'm off the clock, so I don't know what to tell you. Unless you want to pay me double time, I don't know. ump yourselves, <laughs> ump yourselves. First hey. base coach, you can take care of it. Have a good rest of the night. <laughs> you need me? I'm gonna be at Eddie V's trying to pick up the divorcees. You know, <laughs> that's that's a restaurant in Scottsdale for anybody. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> And all the lounge lizards <laughs> hang around there. You see a lot of hair dye in cheap suits. Sure. Anyways. Just sweating it out. Oh, sweating <laughs> sure. it out. You got a lot of old lady hip movement going on. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Sounds fun. hot to I me. I digress. Sounds oh, hot sounds to like me. Sounds like a great time. All right, Vince. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into the NHL talk. You know, oh, NHL it's a sad day. It's an end of an era. We generally don't do NHL talk here um, because we don't know a lot. I mean, I like hockey, but I don't know a lot about it, and I'm not going to go over here and try to tell you guys stuff that I don't know. I think the last time we talked about it was a way worse scenario when it was the Kyle Beach thing. This is a little bit different. (laughs) So, so Patrick, yeah, Patrick Kane officially has been traded to the New York Rangers yesterday for a kind of underwhelming um, collection of people. Um, We got two guys in the trade, a second and a third, and the second has an opportunity to become a first if the Rangers make it to the Easter conference finals this year. Um, It's it doesn't, that wouldn't really matter because they would move so far back in the draft anyway, that it's like, it might as well be a second at that point, but you know, splitting hairs. Uh, the overall thing for this, and we were chatting about this a little bit before we started, but he did, he did have a no trade clause. So basically the plan was the Blackhawks just needed to trade him where he wanted to go. Um, and then he would waive it. So they were kind of just, you know, giving him his choice of the lot and taking what they can get for it. Um, it's, it was a lot of days in the process. So I assume it went through a big, long we want this, we want this, we want this situation. Um, and he ended up getting traded out there. It feels weird. All the people online are infuriating me. Um, all the edits and stuff of him in a Rangers jersey is gross. So I'm going to try my best to avoid that altogether. It's the end of an era. It's a sad thing, but they did the right thing by the player, which I think is the best thing. Now, I don't yeah. understand how the NHL trades work because like, the Coyotes were a part of this trade, if people weren't aware of this. And basically what they're doing is picking up a portion of Patrick Kane's contract for draft compensation. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't get that, though. I've never understood This isn't an NHL trades. thing. I know, but yeah, like, it's, just, it's like, hey, will you pick up some of this money and we'll give you something? 
that's basically what it is. It's so they do the same thing in the NBA. It's like <clears throat> our cap is at this certain amount. We can't pick up this guy unless someone else gets in here. You have cap open for the rest of the year. If you just take this 10 mil, we'll give you two draft picks. That's basically what they said. And they were like, fine, give me that 10 mil, and then you guys take care of the rest, and then that opens up the cap space. That happens in the NBA all of the time. Yeah, I don't pay attention too much to the NBA trades. I just know who goes where. Hey, thank you. But to the point, (laughs) Patrick Patrick King, King? 16 years, is a king. He is. Patrick King is truly a king King. for this town. Yeah. And, I mean – the, the trifecta championships in this town and everybody being crazy for hockey in that era. Um, it was very fun to watch. Not going to lie. Never so been a fun. hockey guy. There's going to be a lot of Caucasian women from the Northwest suburbs of Chicago land, just posting all over their Facebook. Thank you so much, Patrick. I watched. Three Thanks games. Pat. I watched four <laughs> games knew in me. 10 years and they were all. Playoffs. I met you at Lux bar once. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big gibson's the, guy true to the fact sure. i one night okay okay sidebar squirrel story so one night Go. kai and i are over at gibson's having a cocktail and we have a, a very kind young waitress and she's like do you know who's here and we're like who she's like well if you walk in the dining room patrick kane's here i'm like okay i'm gonna let the man enjoy his dinner I'm like i'm not that big of a fanboy. Smart. Never understood Smart. that. If you're a grown man asking for an autograph, just go home. Yeah, just, yeah. We've talked home. about autograph seekers. Like, and granted, there's a time and the place. And if it's an autograph signing situation, go ahead and do that. If he's eating dinner, leave him alone, dude. Don't go up to him and be like, "Hey, I just want to meet you. I'm a big fan." Don't do that because you think you're being a nice guy, but everybody does that to him. So that means it happens all the time. Which means you walking up there is just an annoying scenario. It's true. I mean, listen, if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't want that all the time. You know, if I'm out somewhere no. and you're sitting at a bar and I'm maybe just hanging and you're like, so you're no kid. How you doing? I mean, that would be fine. I had that happen to Eddie George once downtown. I was downtown. I was like, you're Eddie George. He's like, nice to meet you. I was like, holy shit, that was Eddie George. The guy <laughs> had a paw. Guy had a paw. Yeah, it's a big boy. He's the original Derrick Henry. He was a monster. But to the point, yeah, yeah Patrick Kane, legend. And then I guess Taze, Jonathan Taze, is shut down for the rest of the year. Yeah, he's got post-COVID complications like bad shit. So I don't know if he's ever going to play again. So, But right now, he's he's the last like guy standing on that. going to retire. I mean, he's in his 30s now. I, I think I think he just wants to yeah. be done. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see when that ends up happening. A uh, similar thing happened to Crawford and... We know how that ended up going. But as far as the Rangers are concerned, uh, I don't know if this is going to help them that much. Uh, they are 34 and 17. They've had a pretty good year this year. Um, history says it won't go great because <laughs> they're one of the original six starting in 1926. Um, they've won one cup in the post original six era in 1993, 94. So maybe he'll help them. I don't know if they will, but there's a lot of real confidence Rangers fans thinking that he's going to change it all for them. We'll see if that happens. He is clutch as the day is blue, but I don't know about that. New York fans are a little delusional when it comes to their sporting teams. They think like one guy is going <laughs> to save their entire season. We got Josh Donaldson. We're going to the World Series. <laughs> we got Andrew Benatendi. <laughs> hey, man. He's I guess guy, we. I, I, I guess the White Sox fans at times were also a little delusional. It's like the largest Certainly. White Sox contract of all time. 
Yeah, it takes one to know one. It definitely takes million, one to know one. Seventy-five million dollars. That's it. That's over it. Five years. Yeah, Christian Kirk got more of that. Christian <laughs> Kirk got all of that. Cap. Yeah, exactly. It's stupid. And he actually wound respect. up being worth the money. He had a great year. Respect, respect. Yeah. Yes, he did. Um, respect to Kane, though. Yeah. Third time, third all time in games played for the Chicago Blackhawks. Third all time in goals scored. Second in assist and second in points so he's you know a legend in his own right best american born hockey player ever many people would agree um so yeah just respect to the guy he brought championships here when basically no other team could and we're happy to see it and honestly if you're anywhere on the leaderboard and you're just behind stan makita and bobby hull you're doing something right so rich hockey history in this town and it will always be him and Jonathan Taze will always be remembered as legends. And I think the Blackhawks will go down in the Stan Bowman era as being the key fumbler of bags after titles because the guy that he's going to be paired up with in New York, Artemi Panarin, was also in a Blackhawks uniform. The bread but man! They, but they traded him. And they could have had was, this thing the if they would have the paid him. You would have had two Patrick Canes in the same team. And gone on runs after runs and continued the same success, but you want to get cute. So, and here we are. That was Probably the beginning we'll of the end, truly. Now we're tanking for Connor Bedard, as everybody is. I don't think we're going to get that lottery pick, but time will tell. No. We'll see. Lightning only strikes so many times. All right, let's uh, get into some NBA talk, Vinny. Shall we? Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are really good, Mike. They are They're really, really good. good. Are we not going to um, talk about Milwaukee. our field trip? We got to talk yeah, about Yeah, we will. Unless you want All to right. right now, we can do no, that. No, it's fine. Let's talk about the Bucks. Okay, they're 15 in a row. They're 15 Holy in a row. Shit. Giannis is really good. Yeah, that's um it's not the longest streak of all time. No? That gets held by like the 71 some I thought Giannis tore a there. ligament in his wrist or some shit. Yeah, so he did. And now that's an issue moving forward. Um, we'll see how long it lasts. He is notorious for coming back from injuries very quickly. Um, so possibly that can happen again. But they did pad enough themselves to get a half-game lead on the entire Eastern Conference, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, so now they're sitting pretty in the top 30 best streaks of all time. Um, shout out to Bobby Portis and Drew Holiday, just great defense and offense on both sides. They're the unsung heroes of this squad. Uh, Drew Holiday is probably the second best player on that team this year, even though Milton is very good. Uh, Drew Holiday has been a difference maker, at least when I'm watching them. So that defense can carry some weight in the playoffs for sure. I think Jay Crowder is a huge addition to that team, really. I think oh, yeah. he brings an entire other element to them, and I believe that that's going to take some of the load off of Giannis uh, just due to the fact that you know he doesn't have to play as many minutes and doesn't probably have to play as much defense. I mean, Crawford, he can play down low, so he's not huge in that sense, but he could still play there. Yes, yes, he can. It's a it's a little bit of a different uh, Jay than we had before, but he can definitely play there. Um, but you know, Phoenix, look out for Phoenix. Um, Phoenix. By the way, game, when 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 is he going to be on the Suns? I'm confused because he hasn't played a game yet. No, he is not. 
Uh, he's expected to make his debut against the Hornets. No, that is the plan. That is the (laughs) especially with Lamelo out. And guess who's playing the Hornets right now, Mike? The Bulls. No, the Suns, dude. Come on, Kevin Durant's already got four minutes, five points. Shout out to Oh my god, look at that, Vince. Holy shit, I didn't even realize. The game's been going. The game's been going on for three minutes. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I just learned this myself. Uh, in other news, this came across my board about 20 minutes ago. Uh, John Morant's now reportedly being accused of beating up a 17-year-old and then flashing a gun at him and threatening the head of security at uh, Memphis Mall. So, oh, shit. We'll wow. see what happens there. Um, he just dropped 39 really... points the other night. Why would you do that? You make yeah, millions he's very of good. dollars. Um, the, mall, the mall situation was someone who was like, talking smart to his mom why are you at the mall his mom was let me let let me lay it out someone was talking smack to his mom at a finish line and john morant went in there with nine of his best boys and he's like trying to talk to this guy and a little bit of confrontation security cops came and then they left no one was arrested or any issue like that um the dude at the basketball court he was playing pickup ball um and he beat up a 17 year old and then flashed a gun at him so uh we'll see We'll see what ends up time happening out, with time this. Out, time, out, time, out, yeah. time out, time out, yep. time out, time out, time out. Yep. So John Morant's playing basketball at the basketball court with the 17-year-old, correct? Yeah, in the offseason. It's a while ago. In the offseason. And he's playing strapped? What, has he got a gun in his shoe? What, I guess. What do you, I mean, where does it just know. a gun? What do you randomly pull out of a, a, a what are you, playing pickup ball <laughs> with a nine in your pocket? Well, what are you doing? I assume I assume they started scrapping like in between games or something like that. He wanted to go pick it up. I don't know. I don't know. Cause that's the thing. This story just came out. So there really isn't all that much information it on it. It doesn't make a lot of sure. sense. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm no. playing a game of pickup. Let me pull out my gat because you stepped <laughs> in me the wrong way, Snoop Dogg. That's true. I, what, what are we doing here? You make millions of dollars to play a kid's sport, and, and you're like, if any kid was going to start with me, I'd be like, dude, whatever. Like, have a good rest of your day. Have a blessed yeah, like, day. What, you think you're going to beat me? <laughs> exactly. Have a blessed day. I'm out. And then you're going to roll up on a random dude at a footlocker or a finish well, line. Well, that's because he thought he was talking smart to his mom. You make this much money. You could have personal shoppers for yourself. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even bother. It's kind of like hate. the uh, the do. Chiefs and the Eagles thing. I don't know if you saw that before the game started, the Super Bowl. They were talking all this smack, and then uh, Chris Jones is like, may God bless you, may God bless you, and then they go out and beat them. So <laughs> maybe that's just a little bit of karma coming their way. But, but yeah, we'll see what ends but. up coming out of that. Yeah, um, and Pat Bev's the truth. Pat Bev's the truth. I mean, Vince, you He's went gonna, to the game. They played the Ben Simmons-led Nets. And no, they didn't. They he didn't play. Very... I already told you this. You just want to bring up matter. Ben Simmons because he because he makes you all giggly and happy. He's getting released. It's great. <laughs> you really you like. I He's think you like Ben Simmons. I think I hate you him. like him. No, how does that I make think sense? You like him because how could it's I like one of those things where it's like you're you're hate watching him so much that you know more about him than I do. <laughs> well, no, I can <laughs> pay attention to ESPN I... Vince and know the floppy piece of shit himself got released. It's comical. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying. I think your like is starting to show. I'm just no, there's I'm no happy like. For you guys. I enjoy hating. I'm happy you guys worked this out. Lie. <laughs> Listen, all right. Sidebar. Let's think about this okay. for three seconds. Ben Simmons. <laughs> sure. Ben Simmons played for the 76ers. 
got his way out of the 76ers because he got the yips and he couldn't shoot anymore. So he thought the cure to all of his problems were going to the flipping Nets. Okay, so he gets to the Nets. Didn't play, mind you, for a year and a half. They got to the playoffs, probably could have used his facilities, and he didn't even fucking play, right? Well, if he's okay. so they need him? Time out. At the time, maybe he could have been a spark plug for them as far as facilitating goes because he actually is good at doing that and playing defense, right? I guess well, I'll give him that much from a athletic Hey-o. perspective. Okay. Uh, time out. Time out. So All right. they realize he's a locker room cancer when he does start to play, which was this season, mind you. And then he gets in the fold. They disband the whole fucking team because they all hated each other, right? KD, Kyrie, gone. He's there. Then the organization decides, okay, well, we got all these young talent and he doesn't fit anymore because he can't do anything. So we're just going to release you. Not trade him. Nothing. They, yeah, they tried to field offers for him, but at, nobody wants him. So they well, were the just trade like. passed already. Yeah, they tried desperately at the trade deadline to trade him, and nobody wanted any part of him. No kidding. Yeah, they want to get rid of everybody. I just, so they're releasing him. Gone. When did they release him? I mean, it's in the process of happening. Either that or they're going to shut him down for the rest of the season. Because well, right now he's out. I don't know if they're going him when he's injured. Quote they're unquote. shutting him down for the rest of the season in order for him not to play. So basically yeah. they're well, they want to lose him. him. I get it, but he wouldn't help you win anyways. So with all that being said, so you just pay this asshole $35 million for the rest of the year to do nothing. Literally, the only thing he can go do is try and bang another supermodel, wear a bunch of goofy designer clothing, and just chill. I mean, sounds like heaven to me. (laughs) Honestly, how do I get this job? Next question. How do I get this fucking job? It's the best job in the world next to a fired NFL coach. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Or a backup quarterback. It's true. A hundred percent. Except you get paid more money if you're a fired NFL coach or now silently fired NBA former semi-star, whatever you want to call him. Former all-star. Whatever. Respect on his name. I digress. Guys, uh, cancer. <laughs> so tell us about Friday and why Pat Bev is such a spark plug, Vince. I saw Pat Bev in his Bulls debut and it was wonderful. Welcome home, King. Um, Happy to see him in his hometown again. Uh, big, nuts. big ovation. It was fun. You win the games you play, Mike. You win the games you play. They got off to a hot 2-0 start. They lost last night. Sucks, but either way. Oh, um, boy. Still in 11th, sadly. Still in 11th. Uh, game back Didn't for 10th, see. and Didn't it'll be okay. okay. Um, But squad's good. Squad's good. Uh, I think Pat Pat's going to bring that energy to him, and I can see only good things for the rest of the season for the Chicago Bulls. No delusion here on this side of the of the mic. No delusion. Well, Vince went to a couple of basketball games this lovely past weekend. Indeed. One of them, he yes. went to the real deal and saw the team that could probably compete with the other team we saw on Sunday, which was the Windy City Bulls. <laughs> Get out of here. Because <laughs> what else do you do on a Sunday when there's nothing to do? Uh, you go to the local G League basketball game. Where tickets are a whopping ten dollars. Ten bucks Epic. free parking. <laughs> Epic. Ten dollars free parking. Walk in, you watch a basketball game, you drink seven dollar beers. Life is easy. So yep. we checked it out. We had a pretty good time, you know. We Taxi walk in, first thing that happened, <laughs> the cores, the cores uh 
nozzle was broken and it was just spilling all over the ground. We're like, Literally. okay, good we start walked of the up game. To the, <laughs> we walked up to the beer stand. They were like, holy shit, it's the Taxi Squad podcast. No, I like, wish. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? I We're here. We're sitting up in the 200 section. We wanted a different view of the game. No, I so I, I saw it spilling over. <laughs> I should. Uh, I saw it spilling over and I was like, nah, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> I was like, there's no way he's just letting it overflow everywhere. And then I turned Maybe to you. I'm I like, hey, it's, it's overflowing. Like, Holy shit, it's overflowing. I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Oh, there must be a drain on the ground. <laughs> and then it was just going <laughs> over. And you're like, hey, your things, your things overflowing. <laughs> sure. Shit, the guy looks at me. He's like, what kind of beer do you want, man? I was like, Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's when just you just completely... spilled all over the floor yeah he's like oh no <laughs> like it was like oh whoopsies so shout out to that guy great cleanup at the end there um windy city bulls games kind of fun uh i knew probably two guys that were there um that were playing so that was fun to see them and then uh the whole atmosphere is obviously very kid centric as that's gonna happen out in the suburban basketball game so it was just it was just funny things. like instead of like the love of bulls you get like like the seventh grade troop like district champion palms team um Hell yeah which was fun and so Not yeah we were just kind of walking spots. around and messing around and uh happy for them and they all had a great time and the windy city bulls took the dub so fun fact the lovables will be there on nights that the bulls are out of town because they don't travel with the bulls fun fact right so if you're looking to uh embark on that journey they're usually around yeah. And you can uh, sing the national anthem if you sign up. So we'll see if uh, one of us ends up doing that. We'll see. You know, that might be a new Four, challenge of the pod, something to monitor. Well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, afterwards, Vince and I decided to go do a interesting influencer-based topic, a.k.a. the Jake Paul slash Tommy. We didn't even decide to. We ran into it. <laughs> we ran into it. We had no clue. We yeah. left the game, and we get to the bar afterwards. Like, yeah, let's get a couple rounds, whatever. And the Tommy Fury fight's going on. And by the way, I whole have never bars seen packed. <laughs> whole bars packed for a bunch of influencers fighting. Okay. Yeah. And it was the worst boxing match I've ever seen in my life. It was pretty bad. Terrible. It was pretty bad. Terrible. Um, yeah, it was it, the thing. The thing with it is like, it's not Tommy Fury is a professional boxer, quote unquote, technically. Um, Tommy Fury's opponent's combined record previous to Jake Paul was 24, 176 and five. I'll repeat that again. The people that he fought before Jake Paul were 24 wins, 176 losses and five ties. So he's not necessarily the best boxer. He's lost to plenty of guys that are better than him. He's not even high up on the rankings of boxers. Jake Paul, we know who Jake Paul is. Vine star turned Disney star turned YouTube star. Very rich. Uh, fought Anderson Silva, uh, Ben Askren, all of them, um, and beat them. And everybody's like, Jake Paul is a boxer now, and he can. He's got the mean right hand, and he does have quite a haymaker. Um, and then they go into the ring, and Tommy Fury beats him pretty convincingly the first couple rounds. Uh, Jake Paul makes some adjustments. He goes in there, hits him with a couple hooks. It could have went either way. Went to Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury's acting like, you know, 
he's he's a championship he boxer like he now. Won, he acted he acted like he won the heavyweight championship of the world, right? And you know, and his brother you know, literally did. <laughs> well, his brother literally did. His brother's an amazing fighter. One of the best oh, heavyweight yeah. bouts I've ever seen in my entire life was the oh, Tyson yeah. Fury and uh, Deontay. What's Wilder. the guy's name? Deontay Wilder fight. The one Whichever of my, one, one of them. Which one? Wilder Fury. That was one of the they best three fights I've ever yeah. seen in my life. The the most recent one was, or the second one, in my opinion, was the best. Now, here's a problem. You know when you're a pretty shitty fighter, when they list your accolades. And now in the green corner. Yeah. Influencer <laughs> yeah. of the year. twenty, and, and when they show like your accolades in the sidebar, it's like 22.5 million Instagram followers. It's like, That's wow, what it said. Wow. Yeah. Literally, we're and not then, joking. That's what it said. Tommy Fury's was brother holds world heavyweight title. <laughs> it's like, wow. He doesn't even have it. He was are, on Love Island. That was his second coolest thing he's done. These guys are really some wonderful athletes just based off of their Instagram following and who their family is. It's great. I think but, my main takeaway from this is you can't just pick up something and just become amazing at it. Some people can probably, um, and you can't make a judgment on something until someone actually fights a professional in that art. And that's exactly what happened here. Even though Tommy Fury isn't a good professional, he technically is. He had a lot of sound training going on beforehand. He was absolutely ripped. He was in shape. Like he looked better than Jake Paul for most of the fight. And that's what's going to happen if you fight a boxer. If you fight an MMA fighter that used to be an MMA fighter and then retired, now he's boxing, that's a different game entirely. If Anderson Silva could take Jake Paul down, it probably would have ended in the first round pretty quickly. So keep that in mind when you're looking at these. Jake Paul, continue to do the freaking influencer one. You're making a lot of money on that. You don't need to embarrass yourself. And let boxers be boxers and let influencer boxers be influencer boxers. Stop saying they're the same because they're not. It's true, Vince. I couldn't agree more. And to be honest, they're just doing it for paydays anyways. And I think the reason that he it's all cooked anyways, it's all to set up a rematch so they can do it again and make another 30 million. It's stupid. Anyways, I digress. (laughs) I digress. How the Bulls looking right now, Vinny? What's the current score of that game? Is are they playing right now? The Chicago Bulls played last night, so my theory on that is that they aren't playing right now. Or they are playing right now. Um, they are oh. currently beating the Detroit Pistons in the first quarter. Um, good for them. And they most we're trying to make our way lost to the Raptors. Awesome. Two wins beforehand. Don't be a hater. Okay. I'm sick right. of the haters in this shit. Now, Vince. Uh, now, Vince. When the Bulls hypothetically don't make the playoffs, what are you gonna? Yeah, what you're rooting them? for. Um, when you play. get your wish, when you get your wish for the Bulls to not make the playoffs because you're a stone cold hater, I have to shave my beard off. This is a thing that we've Start. talked about many times. It's I went and got a haircut today. My beard looks so good right now, and ah. it would be a damn shame if I had to shave it off in in a month and a half. Um, but we'll see when that comes, and if that comes, and if that happens, I will only be shaving with Henson, the Henson razor. More. It puts an end to shaving irritation and cuts while also making your skin feel comfortable and smooth. The razor's made with CNC machines to aerospace standards. That means it's made to very tight tolerances, meaning the combination of how securely it's held and how minimally the blade is exposed delivers a smooth and safe shave, 
no other razor can offer. Um, we talked about this last week, obviously. We're back around again. I use this, so I get I get my hair cut, I get it lined up by the barber. And my biggest concern every time I'm done with it is like, hey, I'm not going to get a haircut for two weeks. My beard's going to get wild. I would use my razor with the multiple blades, and it would just, you know, it would just basically ruin my beard. Because I'm like, I can't get this line perfectly. This is perfect. It has unique head design. It has one blade in it. It's very thin, very precise, and it can just kind of get right into there. Um it has as exit channels, so I know the biggest problem that everybody has is how do I clean my razor after it, and it's always a pain in the butt. This time, they have these nice little spots at the bottom of it. It's a single blade. You can run water right through, and the hair goes right down the drain. Clean. To your point, I've Vince. never had a razor that's easy to clean. Never. To your point, Vince, I mean, I shaved before this wedding I went to last week, right? And I'm very particular about when I shave because I have very sensitive skin. And usually there's certain parts of my face that'll break out or I'll get razor burn. I don't get that with sure. this razor at all. Ooh. And to your point, I think with the technology that they use, I mean, we're talking aerospace engineering here. We're talking materials that are used on the International Space Station. I mean, Vince, I'm not breaking out anymore. And not only that, but the handle itself and the razors themselves are so light. I, I don't know what we were doing before. Easy to pack. Easy to do everything. It is not like your normal razor. And the biggest kicker here, cost of ownership averages $88.20 every two years, which is $177 less than a normal cartridge razor. Better for the environment. Stop using plastic razors. Use this metal one. So go on the website, hensonshaving.com. Use the promo code TAXISQUAD at checkout. And receive a hundred pack of blades free with the purchase of a razor. You got to put them both in your cart. So put the razor in your cart. Put the hundred pack of blades when you're checking out Taxi Squad. T A X I S Q U A D. And for most users, this amount of blades will last two to five years of shaving. So promo code Taxi Squad HensonShaving.com. Well, Vinny, thank you so much for telling us what you're going to be shaving with. I got a pretty good feeling that it's going to happen. Not only that, but shout out to Henson Shaving. Taxi Shout out. Great partner. We appreciate you. Thank you. Moving forward, Vince, I mean, we got a crazy MLB situation going on right now where guys are adjusting to the pitch clock, and that thing is aggressive as to how big it is behind home plate. (laughs) I mean, it is. What are your thoughts on this? Because if I'm a pitcher, I'm like kind of like fixated on it. Yeah, it's um I think everybody's kind of getting used to it. Even hitters, dude. Like it's uh I saw today Correa took his first hacks of spring training and he missed swung and missed and he walked out of the box and went, Oh shit <laughs> like hopped back in there and started doing it again. It's uh it's definitely a different world now. I think do you think it's good? Is it good? I think personally it's great for the game itself because it speeds up the game. The game of baseball is aggressively long, and if you're trying to develop a newer brand of the game and have younger children more interested in the game itself, well, I think this is a great way of doing so. So personally, we are baseball loyalists. We've been watching the game our entire lives. It doesn't matter if the game's four hours and we're into the game, the White Sox game, we're there, right? So. It's a lot different to me, though, now for this younger generation who has everything given to them instantly, a.k.a. cell phones. 
<laughs> where they need something a little bit more fast paced. So I think this helps that. I think average games last year in spring training were three hours and 10 minutes, and now they're down to like two hours and 45 minutes, which is yep. significant. So half an hour, man. That half an big. hour is a large difference. I mean, you could still do a lot of things in a half an hour, regardless. So I think as it starts to develop, we will see some tweaks maybe. But I do think it kind of lights a fire under the ass of some of these guys who would sit in the on-deck circle, or not in the on-deck circle, but in the batter's box and take 20 minutes to scratch their balls and <laughs> scratch their ass and take a few spits and a snot rocket and then get back in the box. It's like, no, we got to move. Let's go. I mean, what you what you said is right, too. It's like <clears throat> they're not trying to sell baseball to us. It's already done. It's ingrained in our, you know, our gonads. It's been since the beginning of life. Um, so the big, <laughs> the big <laughs> reaction, the big thing here is like they're trying to sell it on people that are maybe on the fence. They're like, oh, it takes so long. OK, we can get rid of it. We're going to go no matter what. We'll complain about rule changes every now and then, especially the older guys and you know, people in their 40s, 50s, 60s that like baseball, they're like, why don't just keep it the same? Like 1970 wasn't just like a Coke-fueled party for the MLB anyway. So it changes all the time. I think it's overall a good thing. Um, this big thing, and I told you about this before we started today, but this breakdown of Altuve's inside the park home run that he hit in 2021, yeah. I believe, and yeah. Javi Baez is at bat in the Cubs-Dodgers uh, NLCS. And I forgot the exact amount of times it went around, but basically what they did is they ran that full play from by or um, El Tuve running around in the full, um, you know, first to home or going all the way to first to home. Yeah. Um, throws a pitch to David Ross. Excuse me. Sorry. And they, he did it like five times before <laughs> Javi Baez went in there <laughs> to like actually finishes that bat. It's, it's pretty obvious how insane it is. Um, just because it's just guys will take forever. Just a couple of practice hacks halfway through a bat, bat. You're like, what are we doing? Um, and even pitchers just sitting there and waiting and doing all this stuff. We'll get more. They can't, they only get, what is it? Three pickoff moves per pitch. Um, so doing that, like obviously steals are going to go up. And the fun fact that I learned today is the most consecutive years of at least one stolen base without getting thrown out is, Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox has stolen a base 10 years in a row without getting thrown out, which is pretty crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Remember I know. when Pujols would try and take off on guys like low key and either you'd get like oh, yeah. aggressively caught or steal a oh, base because yeah. nobody was thinking about him? It worked about half the time, though. <laughs> the other yeah. half, it was really bad. <laughs> 50% great odds, man. I'll take That's it. That's what I'm saying. It's like roulette, yeah. you know? Hey, yeah. if I'm good out there 50% of the time, no matter what I'm doing, I'm pretty all right. Yeah, exactly. Hell, baseball, that's a good percentage. Hell, baseball, you could be good 25% of the time. You're still awesome. So Yeah, you're at least you on the it. team. <laughs> you're at least on the team is right. That's one of the best jobs in America. Now, I do now, think it's great. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say auto strikes. I feel like it's going to get pretty divisive after a while here. Auto strikes? I think yeah, it's great. So like, I think it's great for it, guys who take too long. I agree. And it's going to be guys like the one mentioned on the sheet here, Manny Machado, getting an auto strike for taking too long. It's going to be guys like that that are like, hey, I'm the man. Like, I've been here forever. I'm getting paid $300 million. You're going to call a strike on me. It goes both ways. Um, they're going to have to get used to it. 
it seems so, so new for something that's going to be implemented in the entire league. Like, it seems aggressively, like, quick the turnaround's going to be. Um, but I'm really excited to see it because also I think there's, like, something to be said about timing and stuff where everybody's on the same timing. So it's really going to show, like, the men versus boys versus instead of, like, the, you know, the mind games that some pitchers would end up playing. Yeah, I think a lot of the mind element of the game is going to be a little different. Um, I think, you know, guys taking aggressively long, like I said, in the batter's box to get ready, this eliminates that. And a lot of times I do think this could ruin some pitchers depending on how their flow works and how they're going. And once again, that clock is there and you see it every game and every pitch. So with all of that being said, I do believe that this is going to change the game in a good way. It's going to keep the pace moving and going to keep these guys on their toes. Where's the clock going to be in MLB parks? I think it's right behind home plate. So, literally. yeah, right there was plate. a couple different examples, depending on what field you were at in spring training or whatever field they're playing at in spring training. There's some with very large clocks that are pretty aggressive. Um, I don't know if it should be low like that because then it's kind of in like pitcher's eye looking towards the plate. I think it should be a little higher. If that was my opinion. I bet some pitchers are not going to like that at all. <laughs> like Scherzer well, he, looking at a clock, he's going to be like, fuck this goddamn clock. Like he's going to freak out. Two colored eyes. God damn it. Yeah, I can't <laughs> even see that well in the first place. I'm a wolf man. He's a wolf man is right. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how they manage this per ballpark because every ballpark is different and every backstop yeah. is different. So there's the thing. I don't know. What's interesting, baseball's gone super techie, and now they got, like, those touch pads on their gloves. And guys, yeah. like, they showed Scherzer calling his own pitches, basically. Yeah. Like, he's telling the catcher what he wanted to pitch. Whoever's catching for that team for the full year, they are in for a treat with the first two guys on that. Like, you thought Syndergaard was bad about calling his own pitches? I'm pretty sure Verlander and Scherzer were going to take the cake for that. Well... Personally, I think those guys know what they're doing, and they're back together right, now. Exactly, when they were the catcher, together, you don't I mean, almost a decade ago, but ball. still, yeah, yeah. And now that they job. have the ability the first... to just hit a button, like it's going to be. <laughs> That's the first rule of a catcher, Vince. You got to catch the ball. I mean, right? But on. they usually That's call pitches too. Generally, oh, I love calling pitches. Those are G calling pitches. That's what I did. If you were on the Mets, you certainly couldn't. <laughs> I mean, depends. Depends if your pitcher trusts you. You know, there's some camaraderie there. You guys got to trust you. All five got to trust you. And then you got the guys. And they in the got not a bad together. setup at catcher. They got a not bad setup. They got Where'd Mr. McCann go? Where'd McCann go? Brian McCann did get dropped by them. I want to say he went to the break. Or not Brian McCann, excuse me. Oh, my God. James McCann. Brian McCann was yeah. on the brakes. <laughs> I think James McCann's James McCann back McCann... with Detroit now. He's on the Orioles. That's what it was. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's what who the, it was. Sox lost today. Fun fact. Yeah, it's free training. Um, but they got the Mets got Francisco Alvarez and Omar Novaez is backing them up. So they got a decent setup back there. But again, they won't need to be calling pitches until relievers. And that back end of the rotation comes in. But Omar Novaez, former White Sox and twin. Shout Great player. He was. And. And Brewer. He was an all-star as a Brewer. Really? Yeah, he just wasn't very good with the White Sox. He was on the Cubs, if I'm not mistaken, as well. You know, right now, a lot of analysts have the 
Brewers to win the NL Central and not the Cardinals, which I think is booty. Yeah, someone's got to make headlines. True. Like, Did you see Wilson somehow. Contreras' comments about organization oh, yeah. to organization? He threw He's the Cubs do under that, the though. bus. Dude, shots fired. They now didn't Cubs treat fans him well. are going to hate him. They didn't treat him well. Well, that's the thing. I think um, when I saw that initially, I agreed, I agreed with that. I was like, oh, Cubs fans are going to fucking hate this. And a lot of what the comments were on the posts and stuff by all the Cubs fan pages was like, yeah, like they didn't sign him and they should have like that's where that's where it stems from. It's like they didn't believe in him. And he's like one of the best catchers like they should have re-signed him. Obviously, it's over now and they're moving on, but they didn't treat him well and it did not go well. And I'm I think a lot of people understand is I think it's reasonable disdain for the organization because they they played him like a fiddle. Yeah, no, they really did. They weren't telling him being truthful as to what their plans were, and he Not wasn't a part of them. I don't think the Cubs will ever have a catcher to that stature ever again. I mean, the guy's a legend. He's an Most teams talent. won't. Most yeah, teams true. won't. One of the best catchers I've seen in this generation, at least. One of the hardest positions to field as well. Like, what are we doing? He's not the, the best defensive catcher, but he has a cannon and hits bombs. Like, that's what you want. Yeah, he's a stud athlete. I mean, at times, you know, I'd much rather take the latter than, you know, having a guy who's just amazing in defense and just doesn't really do much else. So, yeah, Maldonado yeah. on the Astros. <laughs> Maldonado. Back. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he can't hit for the life God. of him, but he's a great defender and it worked out well for them. <laughs> don't even get me started with Jose Abreu. I'll be here too long. Nope, we we should ban him saying his name in this podcast going forward. I agree. I agree. Let's get into some NFL talk. It's always a good time to talk NFLs. Am I right? Yeah. Lots of hope for every franchise. We're, we're going to have much, much more content for the baseball. But for now, the NFL draft is approaching us. And oh, Adam yeah. Schefter just dropped a bombshell. Oh, what did he say? 24 hours ago. Adam Schefter and his sources confirmed <laughs> allegedly that the Chicago Bears are going to be trading the first pick in the NFL draft. <gasps> no way. And my thought process was no fucking way. Oh my, what a bomb. Holy, <laughs> what a bomb that was. Everybody's wow, like, dude. Boom. Every dude, ESPN I can't believe analyst. he got the scoop. <laughs> oh my God. When did, when did you find that out, dude? Get the f, <laughs> f out of town. But hypothetically, let's talk about this. Okay. So, okay. Let's say, because Polls gave an interview today at the Combine, I'm paraphrasing. He basically said we would have to be blown away by any quarterback prospect in this draft to trade our now starting quarterback, Justin Fields. So in your eyes, Vince, do you believe there may be some sort of spin as we do get closer to the NFL draft? Because we're about 60 days away. It's about 57 days away. I believe it's April 27th. So do you think there may be coming a report out probably closer to, I'd say, the second week of April, where they're saying Bears camp had Will Levis Bryce Young to visit. They were at Hallis Hall. They had him in for a visit. The Bears are in on these two. They like them. They're comfortable with one of them. And they would feel comfortable looking at trade offers for Justin Fields and then replacing Justin Fields with one of them. I believe personally to drive up the price of the stock of the pick itself, you could start seeing some of that rhetoric. 
is it out of bounds exactly. to say that? No, you're exactly right. Um, if they were going to be blown away by a guy, it would have already happened. I'm just going to put that out there. They people put a lot of stock into the into the combine, into people's pro days, and that all makes a whole lot of sense to me. But when you're looking at quarterbacks, you're looking at play on the field. They would already know that for the vast majority of these guys. Um, this it's like. I don't know. It seems like a lot of it is to create stories. And the reason I say that too is because our boy Skip Bayless, obviously always making news. He yeah. tweeted yesterday. He, yeah, seriously, he was yeah. like freaking out about this. I didn't watch the actual video of Get up. on this thing, this, but he said the Bears will make a big mistake if they keep Justin Fields and pass on Bryce Young. Now oh on God. Undisputed. Skip Bayless yesterday. Skip Bayless on May 5th, 2014. May I remind you? The Houston Texans will forever regret it if they don't take Johnny Manziel with the number one overall pick. So I can just hear Shannon Sharp reacting immediately. Skip, you gotta be theory. If Justin Fields is one of the best <laughs> running the quarterback in the game. That's like, what I'm <laughs> this goddamn what line. I, this is gonna be oh man, I just Skip! Like, <laughs> whatever Skip. <laughs> Whatever Skip Bayless says, just go with the opposite. You're probably all right. Um, so, yeah, they're keeping Justin Fields. They're not taking either of these guys or any of these guys, but they'll probably bring all three of them in for workouts just because, hey, well, that looks like maybe the they're game. interested. It, it moves the stock up. That's all it is. They're you just going to be playing it like that over and over again until someone bites the bait. That's all they're going to be doing. Well, to the point, though, regardless of them even driving up the price of the stock, there are uh, already offers on the table from yes. what I've read in local news reports. Local now, teams. what you what you do have to consider, and, and of course, now we're, we're kind of getting back to this whole, let's look at this from a 3,000-foot lens, as most corporations would say. Uh-huh. And with all of that, okay, hypothetically, the play, if you do trade Justin Fields, is that you do have an extra four years of control now, and you drafted yes. your guy. But you did develop inroads with Justin Fields at the position, and he did prove that he's A, a freak athlete, and B, has an absolute cannon of an arm. So now you just have to refine said cannon of an arm to go to the right places. So if you don't take a quarterback, who do you want, Vince? Well, if you asked me this yesterday morning, I would have told you Jalen Carter. I would have told you move back to four, get Jalen Carter in that spot. If you ask me today, after he was charged with racing in the fa- in that fatal crash of the uh, of the Georgia player and the recruiting something or another lady that also died, um, yes, he's got yeah he's got a little bit of a warrant out for his arrest here. So I'm gonna say no to him um, for obvious reasons. And I say yes to Will Anderson. And I think Will Anderson's going to be a good call. And I think he'll be a good player for the Bears. Um, I I almost don't see a way that they don't pick him up. Truly. This is going to be horrible for Jalen Carter in ways that a lot of a lot of scouts in the NFL said that he had, in quote, attitude problems and character problems. So now anybody who ever said there's going to be like, we told you so, we told you so. We it told you wasn't so. now, a lot. 
I it wasn't a lot of scouts. There was like there was two people that said it, and then a bunch of people were like, "That's just fucking incorrect." But what I think happened here, what I think happened here more than anything, is they were like racing cars and shit, and something bad happened, and it happened. Um, I don't think he's necessarily. Why should he? I don't think he's at fault for that though, because he was present at the scene of the the crash and provide. No, he was driving the track hawk against the expedition that the recruiting staffer and 24 year old right. Chandler McCoy, which led to right. the wreck. So, I mean, he was in the other car. Main, he was in the other car, not the car that wrecked him because he would have potentially died. And it's incredibly sad. But then again, I mean, it, you're what in charge of that do? motor well, vehicle. Besides street racing, like what did he do? Illegal. Right. Like he didn't kill yeah, the person, okay. so it's not like it'd no. be manslaughter. He would just be charged with street racing, which, what is that going to be? Like, how much is that going to... I mean, that, you get on? charged with a reckless driving charge, and it's a misdemeanor. That's not a big deal. Are you kidding? Yeah. So I how mean, ba- let's think about this. What I don't understand is that there's a warrant out for his arrest. Like, they know where he's at. Yeah, he was at the scene of the crime. He's he at gave the you combine. probably a statement. He's at the combine. Chances they canceled are, his they press want- conferences. Yeah, they want to make a scene of this because that's what they always do. Some reporter got their hands of it, probably talked with the local. Okay, so there you, okay, there you have it. They, they talked with the local police department. Yeah, let's make this a big thing. It's going to get news. Maybe they're trying to tank his draft stock. But personally, a reckless driving charge isn't like he, you know, Ray Lewis somebody. <laughs> just one saying. of those push under the rug scenarios that no one talks about anymore. Exactly. Mr. Ray Lewis. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about, you know, Carl Malone, <laughs> Ray Rice, <laughs> all that. Shit. Come on, yeah, Ray Rice got what he needed <laughs> from that. Well, though. Ray Rice got the book thrown at him because he was one on one. But come on, I mean, yeah, there's a video in my eyes. I don't foresee this killing his draft stock. I see it affecting it as we get closer. But all these tra- charges are going to be dropped. He has agents, lawyers, all that good stuff. He's going to be the next thing in the nfl as far as defensive talent goes i actually yeah, read a scouting report. he's a fucking monster he's a monster I read a scouting report on this kid and not from mel kuyper literally <laughs> yeah literally it read in the scouting report that they said he in quote teleports from gap to gap quick teleport quick twitch i quick have twitch. never heard that before for a defensive prospect teleports from gap to gap and not only that he's like six six three hundred pounds yeah just a massive body <laughs> just so. an amazing athlete just an amazing georgia the recruiting style out of that school has been insane now let's just say hypothetically you think will anderson okay so will yeah. anderson in my eyes could go to three in arizona so if the Bears just trade very, back very, one very pick possible. and this whole Carter drama is still going on, do you take him at two or do you continue to go back if the Colts offer you four and more compensation? If you can pull back twice, do you pull back? If you're or not you a thousand percent confident in who you want, pause. <laughs> if you're not a thousand percent confident in who you want, you keep going back and you keep getting those. Um, is, just because there's that three a terrible thing. No. No, not at all. There's three quarterbacks on the board. Realistically, two of them are going to get taken with one and two, and then Will Anderson is going to be taken at three. Realistically, that's probably what's going to happen. 
I mean, last year we saw some shit change around. There's a possibility that someone might go crazy for Peter Skarinski and draft him three. Who freaking knows? Um, but if that happens, you pick Will Anderson at four. Um, I think you play it by ear. I'm not going to lie. I think you wait um, until the draft is up. You trade the pick on the night. You go back to two, and then someone's like, I'd like to be at two. You trade that pick again and see where it brings you. Because there are a lot of guys in this draft, and, I mean, you can find, like, like Miles Murphy and Brian Breezy, both very good players. So, like, you're sitting in a spot where, like, you can get some defensive guys, but if you can grab a couple other draft picks in the next couple of years, might be who of you, instead of going and picking up a Jalen Carter, if you are worried about that. He's just, he's got a 95 draft grade. I'm like, I really just, I like that a lot. <laughs> like I said, I mean, he teleports. So, fine. I think if you could get the guy who teleports, you get the guy who teleports. Now, if he, yeah. for whatever reason, you blacklist him. As long as it's not a real issue. Maybe they know something we don't, but. If you're at four, right, and somebody comes up and says, hey, I want to get a quarterback here, go back to seven, nine, whatever that is. And you can just keep pulling out those draft picks, that capital, and you take a Peter Skaronsky at nine because you do have so many gaps on your team and you have to protect your offensive yeah, investment. That offensive line. Yeah, tackle would be so, nice. Tackle would be great. I, I think you're in a win-win scenario here because chances are your window to win isn't probably going to be for like another couple of years. Right. And if you take – Say you get like another, you trade with a team that has another first round draft pick this year and you trade one, you end up getting two. Let's say you end up getting two, then you can take a defender and an offensive lineman and still be in a comfortable spot because you do run into a couple guys when you get down to like that, you know, 11 through 20 range where you'll have a couple cornerbacks. Cornerbacks aren't necessarily the weakest part of the team at all, but you got a couple cornerbacks. You got Broderick Jones still in Georgia, offensive tackle who's a beast. Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. Like there's there's guys in there that you can look for um and try to draft when that happens. So, you know, it's not like all all the guys are gone after 10. Like some drafts that is the case where you're like, hey, the vast majority of the talent in this draft is done after 10, 15. There are it's actually a pretty deep first round. Like even Lucas Van Ness, I don't know if you've been seeing him around today, but he's looking like an absolute dog. He's the boyfriend of Cole Komet's sister. He's from Barrington as well. So maybe give him a little bit of a homecoming and have him play end for the Bears next year. So I mean there's there's opportunity out here. That kid's a monster. He's like they mm-hmm. they've said he's two, like 275 pounds, an absolute just Big boy. destroyer. Which I love to see, and you do have to love to see, especially if you're a Bears fan. Now, if we look at Mel Kuyper's top 10, I think it's almost comical. Can we talk about this for like five seconds right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, if we look at Mel Kuyper's top 10 right now, which came out this afternoon. Todd, 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 Todd. Todd, Todd. (laughs) Jalen Carter's number one. This is before all the goofy news came out. He's got Will Anderson at two, which I get. Once again, this is overall. Okay, so yep. those first two, I'm like, no, no pause here. Yeah, That's probably right. That's probably right. right. Probably yeah. right if we're talking pure talent. Now, here's where it gets a little head scratchy. <laughs> He's got Will Levis at three. Everybody which, loves him. Dude, he did Why? nothing at Kentucky. Go I don't get team. it. He got smoked against Ole Miss, and they don't even play defense. 
So he's Zach Wilson again. Like, how did this happen again? Everybody like, whoever picks him is their mind suck. for the good-looking white kid that can sling a football, and he's tough, and he has. Meanwhile, you got C.J. Stroud, who has literally all the ability that he has too. Like, what are we doing here? Well, the knock on C.J. Stroud, to Vinny's point, is they say he shits his pants at big games. But Will Levis has never played a big. Does game. he? Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like it's not like Ohio State like sat down like. Granted, Michigan gave him the goodness, but it's not like C.J. Stroud wasn't throwing darts during C. that C.J. Stroud almost, I repeat, almost beat Georgia. Yeah. And in my opinion, the national championship game should have been Georgia and Ohio State. Yeah. Not the shit show that was TCU and Georgia. They got smoked. Right. That game Just wasn't ruined. even a game. Yeah, it was and bad then, off the you know, bat. I mean, maybe even Michigan would have played Georgia better, right? But I doubt it because then to Harbaugh, you know, Harbaugh shits his pants in big games also. And that's just historic. Sorry, Fresler. You got to go to a big game to shit your pants in a big game. (laughs) You got to go to one. (laughs) You got to go to them. Hey, God bless. You get there, but you don't perform well. Now, Now, Bryce Young in particular, I'm surprised he is at four. A lot of people, Todd McShay has said he's one of the best quarterback prospects he's seen in years he's just undersized and that's going to be the knock on him he's 197 man and no one's been drafted no court no quarterback's been drafted in the first round under 207 ever and he's 197 so he's gonna have to bulk up yeah i mean weight's easy weight's easy in my opinion you eat right you get it moving you're fine for sure but he's used to playing at that like that's his play weight so i mean if anything he's gonna have to get it at least accustomed to it and how many small guys work out really you gotta go to a really good small guy he's dangerous yeah he worked out in one offense one offense he's gonna work out again sean payton's gonna fix him we'll see i think sean payton will fix him Sean Payton coached Drew Brees, which is the only other example of a small guy that worked out. Yeah, that's a true statement. Doug that's Flutie, like who, don't hate on Doug Flutie, Vince. Don't you dare hate yeah, on Doug was Flutie. Yeah, but was he a world beater? No. Played for the Bears. I know. He, was he wasn't a small he wasn't team. a top five quarterback. I don't, I'm probably not ever in the league. Maybe five, but it's not like he was. Like Bryce Young's supposed to be the next coming of God. And like, I don't know if that's So possible. do you put C.J. Stroud above Bryce Young? Do you put CJ Stroud above Bryce Young? And as an NFL, talent wise, no. But as an NFL prospect, no. maybe. What's the difference? Maybe they're talented. That's why they're here. So as an NFL, NFL prospect, prospect, I'm comparing NFL prospect an to the question. Offense or defensive linemen getting the Russian, being big dudes like that has become like even Baker Mayfield was the number one pick, right? People were like, yeah. Baker Mayfield's got all the intangibles. He's got that dog in him, all that stuff. His issue was getting the ball over the line because it would get batted down at a ridiculous clip. Baker Mayfield has a lot of talent. Can't do that. You bring in Bryce Young, and he's amazing, throws the ball 75, 80 yards or whatever. He's a god. He's so fast, all this stuff. Ball gets batted down. It doesn't matter. So that's what I'm saying. Like He's got the talent. He's got the speed, all this stuff. C.J. Stroud just got the stature of an – of a quarterback. And I'm not saying that's the only thing you're looking for, but I'm saying their talents are relatively comparable. And CJ Stroud's a bigger body. I'd almost rather take that. I look at it very similar to the way you do. Now, 
I believe this quarterback class is inferior to next year's quarterback class. So if okay. I'm in the position to draft, draft a quarterback, oh, of course. Yeah, Caleb that's only one guy, though. quarterback <laughs> prospect. Well, Drake May is the next one, right? They say those two are going to be highly coveted next season. Now you do have to look at this from a point of view that states, okay, C.J. Stroud may be the best available this year. Is he a world beater? Looking at the crop next year, he would probably be third on the list next to Drake. Which he May, is right now. Next to Caleb Williams. Sure. So Caleb, though, I do believe next year is your overall first round draft pick every yeah. day of the week. I believe if he was in this year's draft, it wouldn't even be a question. I think the Bears would move off of Justin Fields and take Caleb Williams. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I would. Personally, and like I know some might say I'm a little biased. You are. He's amazing. <laughs> he is a, I know he's good. No. And everybody else would agree with me who evaluates the talent. He is I the know. most aggressively oh, no talented quarterback that. I have seen in college football in maybe a decade. Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Other than Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck, I don't know who you could argue. And those guys were amazing. Amazing, amazing talents. Does he show up for big talent. games? Who? Caleb Williams. Don't start this argument. I'm he, just saying. Okay, don't start this argument. He played one big Vince. game and they lost it and they didn't make it to the, he to the floor. He played more than one so big like, game. He played a, big, he played a couple saying. big games at OU. I'm not saying. I'm just saying, man. Oh, God. Can he this show up in the big rabbit. game? This could be a Who knows? Hole. Okay. He he's done his part. He scores points, which is what he does. He yeah. puts points on the board. Now, it's just not like up to Trump. him to play defense. <laughs> not up to him right. to play defense. Right. We could scroll on this for three hours. I'm not getting into this argument. Okay. Okay. So Bryce Young, <laughs> shut up, Fitz. Bryce Young at four, CJ Stroud five, which once again, I'd flip this script. I think Levis should be at five. I don't think Levis should be in the top 10. I think Levis is a third round draft pick. In my some opinion. people have him at 12 for the overall, and some people have him at two for the overall. It's like it's, it's Zach Wilson again. Just watch it happen. Zach Wilson 2.0. And I like Will Levis. I think he's fun, but I just don't think he's going to be that good. He needs to be in a system where he can develop. And that's the thing. A lot of these guys are quarterbacks that need to develop over time. The only so. place he has a chance is Indy, and he might just get it drafted by them. So I think we'll so. See. Now, what I do agree with from an overall talent perspective with Mel Kuyper, Dad, is Bijan Robinson. Dog. At six. Dog. The most aggressive talent I've seen at the running back positions in a long time. Since Saquon. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. He's not going to go not. top 10, though, do you think? No, I think he's going to get pushed the way end of the first round or go in the second round because nobody wants to draft a running back tail running that early anymore. Yeah. Yep. And then Peter Skaronsky at seven, which I do like that pick. Yeah. Kid's a beast. Local Chicago boy. Played at Northwestern. Just an absolute dog. Absolutely monstrous. And I do believe he's going to play a long time in the NFL. So you love to and see these it. big I offensive linemen. These big offensive yeah. linemen are generally pretty safe bets when you're looking at guys that are really good talent. I'd love to see him in a Bears uniform. It'd be great. Be a great be homecoming. Cool. We need it. We need it. Trade back a few times. Maybe you're at seven now. Take him. Be safe. Get him. Love it. Now, Devin Witherspoon yep. is a cornerback of Illinois. I, I don't know where Mel goes with this. He squirrels because he's got two cornerbacks in his top ten. 
Uh, a lot of people like Devin Witherspoon, Illinois guy. Um, I, I quarter, I cornerbacks are hard, man. Cornerbacks are difficult, but then you also see guys like Sauce come out and just be an absolute monster world record last year. Like cornerbacks can go either way, but there's also a lot of cornerbacks, like a lot. Are corner so, like is you're so you're telling me these two cornerbacks are over like a Paris Johnson type who's just an absolute unit of a left tackle. I mean, usually they value left tackles and right tackles more so than you would a corner. So do we yeah. think corners are overvalued in the NFL today? That's a good question. A little bit. I'd okay. say a little bit because you also have guys coming up that, you know, third round draft picks that are certainly good at their job. Like, and that's the thing too, like Joey Porter Jr., highly ranked quarterback. A lot of people like him. Um, like Christian Gonzalez, we'll get to him in a second. Like highly ranked Cam Smith, Keely Green, like all these people were good in college. Like Devin Witherspoon was not even like a top choice when it comes like to five months ago when people were looking at this, like. It can go either way. I mean, talent at the cornerback position. I don't. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of guys that play cornerback that were offensive weapons for a while, and moved to cornerback, and have all those intangibles. So I don't see. I I don't know. I just I wouldn't draft him in the top ten. No, no way. If I'm a top ten team. I think this whole board's going to get shuffled three times over after the combine because everybody reads it way too much of the combine. And then to your point, so we got two cornerbacks at eight and nine, and then we have Will McDonald, outside linebacker at Iowa State. Not a name I was expecting. I don't think he was on anybody's top 25 draft board, let alone this. Typical. I don't even know much about him. Yeah. Yeah. How much Iowa State games did you watch? I saw this guy. I'm like, who? I mean, granted, he could be pretty good, but... I've, I mean, I've been reading mock drafts and I've been reading, you know, player rankings and stuff. I, Will McDonald's like not nowhere to be seen in a lot of them, not even nowhere to be seen, just like lower down than you'd expect. Um, so, I mean, and but also, again, he's trying to get clicks. This could be a situation where he's like, I'm hearing a little bit that he might go up a little bit. Let me just throw him at God. 10 be like, hey, I called it. I called it like, OK. Yeah, it's that time of year and we're back to NFL draft talk, people. Don't you love it? We're going to have a mock draft soon. The mock draft spectacular coming up soon. Get ready for it. But Vince, we have yes. a wheel to spin. A wheel. Spin so the wheel. It, so Vince and I concocted this in our slightly buzz brains on Sunday. <laughs> we need an XFL segment because this is something that we are so desperate for to watch fucking football. So we're like, we're going to pick teams and we're going to leave it up to the randomizer. Okay. We said we said leave it to Dwayne the Rock Johnson to keep us going on football. We are going to people's elbow this <laughs> wheel. And then from there we are going to discuss the differences of the XFL and the NFL. So, Vince? Yes. Why don't okay. we spin the wheel? So I want you Would you Would you like to go is, first or would you like no, me to No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay. We're going to go beauty before age right now. So go ahead. Right. So you're going first. <laughs> All right. Ah, this guy, My team is going to be, and I wish there was a sound effect for this, but there isn't. So I'm going to make it myself. Uh, one and a two and a three. My team is the Vipers. All right. Vegas Vipers. All right. I'm on your team. I'm a Vegas Vipers fan. I have been for a whole 30 seconds now, and I've never been Look more excited you. in my life. Uh, I really wasn't hoping for this team, but 
here we are, and I'm. I a think huge Vic fan, Beasley's so. on the Vegas Vipers, so you got that going That's for all you. I need I'm gonna spin the wheel. Here spin we go. It. Don't lie. Ah, uh, <laughs> it's not the Battlehawks. I got the Who fucking Sea Dragons. God damn it, oh, Ben DiNucci. Boy, I've been Ben, ben, ben DiNucci. Ben Seattle, Seattle, man. Oh, oh man. man. So I was really hoping gonna... for the Battlehawks. Yeah, I know you were. But, you know, that's just sad, hey, man. the wheel speaks and we listen. So we're officially fans of those teams. We're going to come back and uh, we'll be able to give you a little bit of insight on how my Vipers and Mike Sea Dragons end up doing this. Well, wait, Vince, you send the notes here now. Can we get one veto? Can we get a veto if we don't like our team? Can we get a veto? Uh, let's ask the people. Hey, guys, uh, can we get a veto? Yep, people said that's all right. I'm cool with it. Um, all so right, then we'll both take a veto, huh? Because I don't want to do it either. I don't want right, to be the Vipers. But it could get worse. what you wish for, Vince. Be careful right. what you wish for. All right, go ahead. Okay. You, you can spin it one more time. And don't lie. How about how about I spin it for you and you spin it for Ooh. me? So we can't okay. cheat. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll spin right. it for you right now then. Spin it for me right now, Vinny. Mike, you are now you are now a fan of the DC Defenders. Hell yeah, let's go! All right, <laughs> DC Defenders. Okay, I'll take a winning team. Let's go! All Give right, me your worst, your team moving forward now, Vince. Sketchy is the Guardians. <laughs> You're a Guardians like, fan. I don't know if that's a good thing or. And a bad the XFL. Thing. I'm the XFL. I would rather be a Vegas Vipers fan than an Orlando Guardians fan, but it's okay because that you can go back. Is, you could, hey, you no, know I what? Can't. As a no, as, as a friend, as a friend, I'll let you keep the Vipers. And as a fair person who respects the wheel, I'm gonna decline it. I'm gonna Vince take the Guardians. Respecting the wheel. This right. is on the wheel. Thank you to Orlando for being so nice to me. Um, I like your facilities out there. Disney World's a fun place to be. Uh, Orlando Guardians, right. so I die. Okay, Orlando, till you die, Vinny. I love it. Now, let's talk some rules, because I think this is fun. All right? Okay. Ready? All right. Sure. So the rule changes are pretty interesting in the XFL. Yep. A um, little different. Kickoffs are a lot different. How they review plays is a lot different. They have like a master, like ref in a way, which I think is great. Yep. So they have like the eye in the sky, right? So they got a guy. Which you kind of you kind of mentioned around Super Bowl time. Where you're like, hey, they should have this in the NFL. So that's kind of nice for you. It is. I mean, not saying I'm gonna I'm ahead of the curve, but sometimes you know I kind of know what I'm doing over here, and it actually does help the game. Now I don't like it because I saw recently in a game because this is where we are in the state of sports that they were reviewing like a roughing the passer call or a unnecessary roughness call as some guy who like punched a dude in the chest. Oh yeah. Mind you, I mean, he's it's wearing NFL shoulder blitz. pads. I know, but then they called a penalty on him for roughing the pass. And then they ejected him from the game. I'm like, okay, that's not what that should be used for. This should be used for like, did he get two feet in? Did he get the Tony two tap? Did he do that? Right. So is that a simple case of unintended that. consequences or cause I mean, if you do, and you see something that's blatant, it's like, do they call those things? Or do they only do what the NFL does and you can only challenge, like, 
what's being questioned, you know? Hmm. Cause that's always, that's always the conversation. It's like, if you see a blatant hold on a roughing the passer call, can you call the holding? And it's like, no, cause you're challenging the roughing the passer. What do you do in this scenario? Do you start calling those? Cause you see them in the replay. That's an interesting question. I don't know. It kind of brings things up for pause, right? It's like, oh, well, we saw it, but does it just simply go off what the what the coach is challenging? Because I mean, because it's all or point, nothing. Like you can't be in the to middle. To the challenge you point, have to way. they can challenge anything in the XFL: penalties, yeah. Tony two taps, whatever that is. They can challenge it, which I think is cool. And a coach gets one challenge per game. That's it. Which I think is interesting. They don't get two. It's not like they got two red flags. So they get one time a game that they can challenge something. So moving forward, it will be interesting to monitor how coaches decide to use this. But I do think it actually brings a more element of strategy or strategy to the game. Strategy? (laughs) Strategy. That's an old SNL. That's a new one. That's That's an SNL. Okay. So I do think it brings a new level (laughs) of strategy to the game because this now, you get one. Great. Now, what I do particularly love is how they handle after points because they're tiered, which I think is brilliant. You could Steph Curry this shit. You could Steph Curry this shit. I'd be Steph Curry all the time. So (laughs) a single down from the two-yard line would net you one point or an extra point. And then two points from the five-yard line. And then for a whopping three points, which would be equivalent to that of a field goal, would be from the 10-yard line. So X like extra points are not a part of this game, which personally I love because extra points in the NFL, it's kind of overdone. It's just like, yeah, yeah, chances are it's just like it's going to happen anyways. In your eyes, Vince, do you think you're Brett Maher? The, yeah, true. <laughs> do you think or Justin Tucker, do you right. believe that the NFL may adopt this rule in the future? Is it adoptable? The NFL is tough because they're pretty like. They don't like to change stuff around, especially things that like change the scoring system, like for record purposes. Um, but they will if it's going to bring them more money. So I don't know if they do, um, because that diminishes the need for the kickers like more than usual. Um, I think it's a better system. I think it's fun to watch a ten yard three point try if you're trailing big. Um, so yeah, I I like it. I don't think the NFL is going to adopt this no i think this is like a pure xfl thing okay now back again to will the nfl adopt an xfl rule okay yep this is how fumbles out of the back of the end zone work in the xfl which i think is killer so in this change that the xfl has made and i think a lot of us would be very happy to see this is that if a fumble were to exit the end of the end zone we all know that that's a turnover and a touchback, giving the defending team the possession of the ball from its own 20-yard line. Unlike the NFL, the team that fumbled the ball will retain possession from the spot of the fumble, which I think is a great rule in my eyes. So if it does go out of the back of the wrap my head around this. Okay, so let's say you're chugging, 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 chugging. You're about to score a touchdown. You get fumbled, right? So you get totally stripped, and that ball goes out of the either back of the end zone. Okay. Or you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I was thinking the offense, like the you know the Dan Orlovsky runs out of the end zone type deal. No, but this no, is no. if you're running this towards is a the touchdown. This is a fumble. So you right. know in the NFL, if you fumble out of the back of the end zone, 
Yeah. That is now a while going loss towards of- your end zone, which is such bullshit. Correct. Which is a loss of possession and a touchback for that team. So they realistically, the defending team would now take possession of that ball at the 20 yard line or 25 or whatever it is now. So after basically eyes, not doing anything. <laughs> yes, correct. So you just accidentally fumbled the ball out of bounds in theory, and now you have to you know pay for it, which I think is a bullshit rule. So I think the NFL should adopt it. Will they though? Vince, will they adopt it? I think this is a lot more reasonable than the last one because I think I it's agree. it's stu- it's very stupid. Um and this seems like it makes a lot of sense. I'm trying to find a way where a team could like rig it to make it benefit them. They fumbled it and then just purposely fumbled it at a at a point and I can't think of one. Um so yeah, I think it's reasonable as hell that the NFL adopts this. All right, let's talk kickoffs. In yeah. an attempt to encourage more returns, yes. the kickoffs while maintaining player safety, which has become a big thing. Yes. Only the kicker and the returner on kickoff plays will be allowed to move until the ball is caught or after the ball has been on the ground for at least three seconds. These will be similar to the way the kickoff in the 2020 XFL season occurred. At that start of the kickoff, both teams will be lined up five yards apart from each other. So now we're cutting down on the amount of blunt impact guys are getting, you know, 10, 20 yard starts to go hit a dude. Yeah, right? they're not going 40 miles per hour by the time Correct. they make impact. Correct, because these are some of the, hypothetically some of the greatest athletes on the planet. So now you cut down on this, which I think is great. And not only that, you do actually open up the field a little bit more. For it makes the it more fun. I think it makes it a lot more fun. There's no think- argument that this that you can make against this, I think. This is the most genius so, thing they've done. So in your eyes, Vince, does the NFL adopt this? Yeah, they, they should. They've been talking does... about brain injuries. They've been talking about all this shit. You know, could could it happen? I don't I don't. It's going to be hard to officiate it. I'm interested to see how that ends up working. But yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, it makes it a little bit easier to defend because you don't have a bunch of guys running right past the carrier. Um, they're not going as fast as they were. So that means they're not going to be like, you know, just giving concussions on every kickoff. And yeah, it's safer and more exciting because guys get to pull the, get the ball out of the end zone and actually run it. Um, so yeah, I don't see, I don't see any reason why this isn't better. And I wish, I don't know if the NFL is going to adopt it, but I wish they would. I think it would be wonderful. I think the XFL and NFL could work together to really create something big. Now, Let's discuss onside kicks because we're talking kicking, right? Yep. So onside kicks are a little bit different in the XFL as well. The team, okay, will have the option in the fourth quarter only to convert a fourth and 15 play to retain possession and keep the offense on the field. This, to me, is brilliant. Because think about it. In the fourth quarter, you got 30 seconds left, right? What's the thing? You're always trying to hit an onside kick, right? And the odds of you getting that outside kicker, like nothing. Right. So instead you get a fourth and 15 to retain possession and then keep the offense on the field. So you have that choice. I mean, I, I don't like this one. I'm not going to lie. Why? Why? What um, don't you like about it? Because I think if a team is already up at the end of the game and you're put your force in the position to do an onside kick, you should have almost a zero percent chance of getting it 
Like you should you should expect a miracle to happen for you to win the game. Um, if the fourth and fifteen, like there's plenty of teams the NFL can call one play and know like, hey, we're gonna get fifteen yards on this. Um, there's plenty of teams that won't. Um, but when I when I see this, I'm like, it kind of seems like they already had the opportunity to have a fourth and fifteen earlier in the game and they didn't take it. And that's kind of where you where you lose me a little bit on it. I like the idea, I like the thought process behind it, but I'm not a huge fan of that. But think about it. The whole idea is to cut down on the games coming down to the kicker, right? Right. So who wants to see the game come down to the kicker? Not a, not me. I mean, don't get me wrong. Nothing's more exciting. It takes away from the strategy, a, in my opinion. It does. But then again, fourth and 15 could be, you know, if the, especially if the team's getting blown out. Then even why? So bother? then what Once happens again, that fourth and 15, option. you sack the guy, then you get the ball at that point. Basically, yeah. The correct. other team. Correct. Yeah, I mean, if it does definitely proves like, hey, your defense has to be like all that and more to do it. But again, like I if it's if you're sitting in a situation, you're down three touchdowns, let's say, and you have a minute left and you're coming back and you go to like, I don't see why a team wouldn't do this every time instead of just kicking off. You know, like I would do it every time once again, keep the ball, but that's only available in the fourth quarter. Yeah, is only available to you in the fourth quarter. St- I don't know. Still, I I still prefer the onside kick for this one, just because it has to be that difficult to do if you're if you're even going to try to win the game. Like you shouldn't have so, a shot if you're down by that much at the end. Of the game. In any other quarter, though, you have you can onside kick. This option is available. So only in the fourth quarter can you take the ball at fourth and fifteen. I'm not saying I would adopt it. I'm with you in that sense. I think it would add more strategy to the game in a way. And I think if you're in a close game and your offense was rolling and feeling good, fourth and 15 is a little bit more, I would say, believable. And it gives more action in the game. Because think about yeah. it. We want to watch it for entertainment, nothing else. So I know. I'm just thinking Pat Mahomes down a touchdown, little time left, takes a fourth and 15. It's an easy toss to Travis Kelsey and they move on. Like it's like it, it would make it too easy for a gamer like that to just like come on back and just do it. But again, like, I don't know. I'm thinking the best quarterbacks ever when if you apply it to every team, it could be a little bit more even. Now, if they do it and then you have to bring in your backup quarterback, then I'm in. That's awesome. Or what if your punter has to be your quarterback? That should be sick. (laughs) Yes. If you have to do that, I'm in on that for sure. You can be fourth and 15. But anybody else but the kicker or anybody else but your quarterback can a quarterback. That's it. That's <laughs> your the center's the quarterback and your quarterback's the center. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> that would be fantastic. All right. Fine. Rule change. Adoption. There you go. I love it. The quarterback yeah. is now the center and the center is now the quarterback. Good luck, people. <laughs> All right. And then the final rule change of overtime, which I think yeah. this is a little wonky. Okay, it's and I don't think the weird. NFL will ever adopt this. It's a little weird. No. So I'm if surprised the college go football in, did. Truly, it, right? If a game does go into free football, aka tied at the end of regulation, each team will have a single down to reach the end zone and secure two points at their five yard line. After each team has had the opportunity for three such attempts, the winner will be determined based on the team who has the most points. And once again. If they remain tied after those three attempts, then alternating downs will be repeated, sudden death style, until a winner is determined. Yes, no, I think it's a little stupid. 
Yeah, it, I mean, this happened in college, and my whole reaction to it is like, this is just a debauchery of trying to finish a game. Like, it's just, it felt like they were just trying to, it's similar to how, like, PKs happen in soccer, or, like, um, shootouts happen in the NHL. I'm like, how does this prove that this team is better? Like, I don't understand how that is the case. So that's kind of what I gather from this. It's like, just keep playing football until it ends, man. That's how it should be. Like it's the NFL's rule isn't perfect, but I much prefer that to this. Like that's, this is just like who can score with short yardage. So I agree with that statement. I think that this is taking a small page out of the college football um, playbook in a way, but not the five yard line. I think if you put them at their 15, that late, that makes a little bit more sense because that's more college based. I mean, but that's how you get, you know, 70 point. That's how you get 70 yeah. point games like that. Old I mean, that's LSU, how Texas A&M game. Illinois Penn State last year, too, or two years ago, they went into like nine overtimes and it was just all two point conversions. It was really dumb. <laughs> I agree. I do believe at times does get a little out of bounds when we are talking about overtime rules in the NFL. Not only that, just in general sports available, it's always a topic of heated discussion because everybody feels as if that their team got gypped. We look at the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. We look at many different situations. So moving forward, it will be something to pay attention to. But to your point, I don't think the NFL is ever going to do that. Do there need to be rule changes in the NFL? 100%. Yeah. Now, well, if your team no if if your team wins, you like the rule, and if your team loses, you hate it. It's kind of where it's at. So the only time you can get a real opinion on it is if someone's completely unbiased. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, but that never happens in sports. That's why we're called fans or fanatics. Now that's why we're we're DC Defenders fans and Orlando Guardians fans. You're damn right. That's why we let the wheel pick people. We're gonna have right. more XFL content to bring you. Week in and week out. So buckle up because it's going to be a bunch of fun. Buttercup. That's right. <laughs> I wanted you to finish as always, that. as always, we do appreciate you tuning into the Tassie Squad podcast. And you do know the drill. If you are listening, please follow us, like follow our content, us. because like more it. of it should be coming shortly. And then yeah. not only that, give it five stars five because stars. you could do that on most platforms. And then if I leave you with anything, go to your grandfather. Grandpa. Say, hey, Grandpa. Hey, you like sports? You taught me so much. You want to listen to a podcast sports. with me? I love this podcasts. The... You know what a podcast is, Grandpa? Yeah, I listen to Taxi Squad every Thursday. See, that's exactly that's how the it... conversation should go. Easy. Peasy. Peasy. Lemon. Squeezy. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. As always, we will be back next week. See you soon. Peace.